0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, a bi-weekly podcast where we take a deep dive and interactive look into a sort of narrative or story-focused game. As always, I am Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week we played a game called The Fall. The Fall was a sci-fi puzzle action game developed by Over the Moon Games, released May 30th for the PC along with Wii U, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, if you're looking to grab it on Steam, I believe it's uh, between fifteen and twenty dollars. I don't remember specifically. Fifteen dollars, I remember very specifically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and keeping with the the theme of the sci-fi, before we get into the the game proper, Duncan, why don't you uh, why don't you give me your top three favorite sci-fi media? Just like one book, one movie, and one game.
1: One book, one movie, one game to rule them all.
0: Mm, nice, um... clutch reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> reference kings all right um so i'm gonna have to go so you can get our general tastes i think my favorite sci-fi game and this is just kind of an easy one just because i just i love it so dearly it's so close to my heart and like i've played it just like so uh wholeheartedly was portal 2 i
0: I love that game man nice that's a good that's a good pull
1: the, the writing in that game is so good and like the puzzles. I don't have to tell you guys. You know how good Portal 2 is. I, I, don't, I don't gotta do anything.
0: If about. you don't know how good Portal 2 is, actually turn this podcast off right now and go play it instead. Because right? it is a much better use of your time.
1: Yeah, for sure. One of, one of the best games of all time. I and mean, one. One's great too, but two just two, just took the cake for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> took
0: the cake. <laughs> 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 lie,
1: lie,
0: lie. I... Cake lie. <laughs> cake lie. Cake <laughs> lie. Fuck. <laughs> this is a... Good, go, go. <laughs>
1: my favorite movie, uh, sci-fi movie. This is a little off, you know, off what people would usually classify as sci-fi, but I still think it's sci-fi. Would be um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's one Ooh. of my favorite movies of all time as well. I've not uh, seen. It's, oh, it's got Jim Carrey, man. I know, and, and Elijah it, Wood. It's got Elijah sometimes. Wood in it. Yeah, he's a pretty minor character. Oh,
0: but damn. he's still in it. Well, it's a good movie. I should check it out. I'm bad at you watching Do you know what movies. it's about? Uh, Jim Carrey loses memories and or gets memories and or he is forced chooses, to lose memories.
1: He chooses to lose his memories. Yeah. He wants to get over a girl. Mm. It's very sad. Very Fuck. good movie, though. Yeah. It seems like it'll hit the feels. We should do a podcast on that movie. Let's
0: You know what? Yeah, next week. Special okay. episode. Sounds great. Uh,
1: then my favorite book. We, and this isn't really a book it's a short story it's called uh they're made out of meat um i, I know can that basically it's a good s- you, one you know that one i All do right. i've read it <laughs> for our for our listeners who have never heard they're made out of meat it's basically follows it's a really really short story you could probably just r- pause it right now and read it uh, i think it takes like it's like a three minute read and uh it, it's just these two uh w- what you can assume are just like sentient life like uh they're just basically like gas, probably, or something like that. And then they're flying, they're cruising in their spaceship, and they go past Earth, and they're like, huh, well, what, the, what, what is that? And they're like, I, I don't know what that is. And they go, eh, the, the people who live there, they're, they're made out of meat, man. They're, they're made out of flesh. What, what the fuck is up with that? And they're like, I, I don't know. That's bizarre. And then uh, they're like, let's just write this planet off as never existing and move on with our life. This is disgusting. And then they move on. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's much more eloquently written,
0: but... (laughs) No, that was beautiful and succinct and true to the source material. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Um, So that's my top three. I think those are pretty
1: crazily ranging in, like, genres of sci-fi, but those are my top three. What about you, Alex? What are we looking at?
0: All right, well, I'm going to start with the game because it's the only one that I actually have locked in and know for sure that it's my favorite. Uh, And that's Mm -hmm. definitely going to be the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, Oh, yeah. I, I'm... I'll say it here, I Mass Effect trilogy is it's my favorite series of games that I've ever played. Um, it something about it spoke to me and also that space opera feel is really pervasive and really good throughout the whole game. So that's mm-hmm. that's definitely my, my number one sci fi game. Movie I played I only oh. played like the second one.
1: A little bit. I enjoyed one, it a lot, but... The
0: second one was the best one, so... Yeah. That's, that's a I've good heard. place to come in, but also, like, the first is a much better place to come in, because it's a continuous story. Yeah. You should play them, and we I can should. do a podcast on those. They're real short, like, 30 to 40 hours each, not a big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, favorite movie? This is a little harder, because I, I went back and forth, because you got, like, you know Back to the Future, that's a real good one, that I was like, oh, maybe, that's, that's pretty good, and mm-hmm. then you get you get, you know, Star Wars and things like that, which are they're all really good. I actually think my favorite at least a depiction of a near future reality, which is kind of what I was going for, was the movie Her. Um, oh. Oh shit. <laughs> ah, I forgot about that movie. That's like one of my favorite movies. It's ah, so fucking good and so fucking so pertinent good. to this episode. Johnson. All right, we can all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, And then going off that, my favorite book is also a short story, which is also a short read. You could, again, pause the podcast. But at this point, like, stop pausing our podcast. Come on. (laughs) You've committed to it. Just follow through. Uh, And that's The Last Question by Isaac Asimov, which I'm not going to get too much into it, especially because it's got kind of a cool ending. But it's basically, like, more or less the world's first AI that is designed to be able to accumulate knowledge and answer questions and people asking it the same question and then they ask it another question thousands of years in the future and then hundreds of thousands of years in the future and it gets really cool and kind of existential that way and it's a pretty good read so check that one out as well can i pause the podcast and go read it you can but it's gonna be a real fucking bad podcast if we do that (laughs) so i would recommend against it (laughs) i'm just gonna pull it
1: up real quick and have a quick read while you just take care of the Take care of the boring stuff here. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll have just have do the next
0: read. hour and a half, and then you can uh, hop in and give our closing tagline. Sounds good. Sounds right. good to me. Uh, you wanna beep. you wanna jump us into the uh, the plot summary of the game? Uh, I, I we should preface. We're gonna do it. A little more directly this week than we did last week Because this is such a narrative-focused game Unlike Papers, Please was We're going to give uh, a large, overarching plot summary Pretty quickly at the start here With a little discussion And then get into some questions Which you need to know the whole plot uh, In order to really enjoy them So, again, from this mm-hmm. point on Spoiler territory So if you want to play the game uh, It's three to four hours Go check it out on Steam And then listen to this after If not, soldier on ahead with us
1: Hooray! Huzzah! <laughs> uh- <laughs> So, uh, The Fall. Good game.
0: Right? Hey, thoughts like that are saving to the end. Don't fucking start with me. We need content, damn it. (laughs) Good game. End podcast. All right. So you're
1: opened up with a uh, a scene of uh, space, pretty empty, and then falling through is a, um, a human figure that falls through the sky and onto a planet. Um you know then just kind of zoomed into uh Joseph or our pilot named Joseph's uh he's blacked out on a uh kind of just on this very dark desolate planet really just um bleak there's robotic scraps everywhere um but what's this uh Joseph's is not conscious Ooh. The, Ooh. <laughs> a little light on your um on your your little space suit lights up and uh, you're introduced to who you will be playing a AI named Arid. Arid stands for Armored Robotics Interface Device and the suit took over um, functions of the uh, of Joseph's body because he is unconscious. So the um, Arid's primary motive what does she always say it is? It's her um, directive? directive? I think yeah. it's directive. That
0: her- sounds Star Trek-y enough to be right.
1: <laughs> she always she's always talking about directive. It goes on and on about the directive. She never shuts up about the damn directive.
0: Single track uh, mind much. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so um so
1: her directive is now that Joseph's needs medical help. Um, somewhere on this planet there has to be some kind of medical bay or something to get the scan done so she can figure out uh, if Joseph is okay or not and if he's able to be uh, brought back from his unconsciousness so as she explores she uh, you know there's just a couple item grabbing they teach you how to play the game uh, just a couple puzzles back and forth I won't really get into uh, but then she comes across a character called the Caretaker. And he's also an AI that's a that I would say they're kind of on the same level of like how comparatively they are to like real humans. Like the thing about Arid is she's pretty like what we said about the whole single track mind thing. She works a lot like a computer program. It's almost like she's a computer program. <laughs> it's almost like she's a computer program. Yeah. <laughs> and um And uh, the caretaker seems a little bit more um, conscious of his own being, like a little bit less, like he's been there a lot longer. So he's kind of developed his own personality, but he uh, asks her why she's here. She says, I'm calling her she, by the way, because Arid has a female voice. Um, Obviously it's a combat suit, so it doesn't, have a gender, but we're gonna call it she because
0: it's easier. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good, good, good qualification. It's there. just
1: easier. I don't want to call it it
0: because it's impersonal, call you know. It. It's just yeah. mean. Well, you do call things it. You don't call you don't call people it. You know, and Erid, it's yeah. she's my friend. Is she? She might be. I don't know. I call my combat suits
1: it. I don't call my AI's it.
0: That's okay. That's fair. <laughs> I watched her. You would think I don't know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't know what I do with that combat suit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> um, So, the caretaker asks which, why she's here. She says that she's uh, finding medical uh, safety for Joseph's, and the caretaker doesn't really uh, appreciate this. He evaluates Arid and detects her as basically useless and wants to repurpose her as machinery. Um And puts her in a really deadly situation and when she's put in that situation a part of her suit triggers where she's able to now control certain types of machinery and network with them and she basically networks with a crane and slams the caretaker away
0: you you progress through the story in this kind of dark and shadowy world, and you start moving toward this facility. You take an elevator up there, um, and you don't really know what the the purpose of this facility is, but it becomes clear pretty, pretty quickly that it's a depurposing facility for depurposing and repurposing facility for kind of droids that are fucked up or aren't doing you know, basically are faulty, which is what the caretaker thinks that you are. Uh, which is interesting because he's kind of like a really... I don't know about you Duncan, but his character gave me a very like off-kilter insane person type vibe yeah
1: i think he's been there a little too long
0: yeah that it definitely when you're, there's discussions going on between arid and the caretaker it's very like hey this is how an ai is supposed to act with arid and then the caretaker's very like you're there's something wrong with you bud you've yeah. been hitting <laughs> that like oil pretty hard this morning didn't you <laughs> um, <laughs> robots drinking it's a good joke guys laugh at it um so yeah, uh, in in that depurposing facility, Arid meets this other character called the Administrator. Uh, the Administrator is kind of interesting because it's you know you only ever interact with him on a TV screen, but he's got again I say he male voice. Uh, it he's got very human characteristics in the way he speaks. He's he, pretty funny. Yeah, he'll joke around. He's very jovial with you. He'll you know speak in colloquial terms, it's, it's really interesting, kind of the difference. And there's actually a quote that I pulled that I really liked when you, you ask him about, like, why did you learn to speak like a human? Because basically he mm-hmm. says he's been doing what he can to more or less rewrite his programming to let him do that for for about 30 years and mm-hmm. or a totally different number, but I think it's 30 years. Yeah, um, And he says, the closer we get to them, the more we get treated like them. Oh, that's a really cool quote. That was such a good quote. I, I, he follows it up with like some sort of like, yeah, so cool, and <laughs> sort of ruins it. But it was really cool in the moment, and I think that speaks to a lot of the, a lot of the themes that run underneath this game. Mm-hmm. Without uh, you know, without getting too deeply into that, but basically, what the administrator says is there is a medical bay on the other side of this facility, but Erid can't get through there, and he can't let her through. Because she's, you know, basically been marked as a faulty AI. That's the, the only rules. way. Them's the rules, man. Like that's <laughs> that's what they say. Uh, but the only way that she can get through is if she's repurposed as a quote unquote domestic droid. So basically he has her go through a series of tests where she is checked to see if she would be a good domestic droid. <laughs> and that's a really stark contrast from Yeah the earlier part of the game where it's like ooh dark moody space uh, people are dying ooh look at this it's like hey can you get this baby to stop crying <laughs> can you make this room pretty with the right color flowers uh, <laughs> the, which it's it's cool it was yeah I, that's
1: that's a cool part of the game the the tests the tests are really like a lot of them varied a lot of cool ways like I, I what was your favorite
0: one of the 8 tests Mm, favorite one of the eight tests was probably shit that's a good question i'll do mine i'll do mine. yeah you go
1: you go you got this i think my favorite one was uh probably cooking dinner for the family oh that was a really good one (laughs) so um every every one of the test sections has like a little intercom where you press the button and uh, a very like 50s voice is like the, the Johnson family is very hungry for dinner, and little Timmy just doesn't have enough to eat. And then the, the, like, cardboard cutout of a dad goes, my son is hungry. Go to the grocery store. And uh, so, you know, Aaron you, goes to the grocery store, and I don't remember the exact, like, trail that she ends up taking around, but pretty much she finds a severed head, Right? She pulls it off. Yeah. And then uh, she takes that severed head and uh, she just, you know, she just serves it right to the boy. And uh, the computer scanner is like, yep, that's protein. (laughs) And uh, that that suffices as a proper meal. I think that one was my favorite.
0: That was good. I really liked, you get like a hint from the uh, administrator every time before those, and I really liked the one for that one. He said, kids don't always like to eat what they're supposed to, which (laughs) I thought meant let's get him some chocolate, but it meant let's get him decaying human flesh. Which, I make that mistake in the grocery store all the time anyway, so it makes perfect sense.
1: Decaying human flesh... McDonald's. What's the difference, man?
0: Literally nothing. If you go to the <laughs> McDonald's, it's a few miles from my house. Literally no difference. It's the worst McDonald's on the planet. Oh,
1: dude. I got a really bad Burger King near me. Ah, it's... Burger King feels like it has a lot
0: of bad locations, though.
1: Yeah. Can I take a side tangent for Burger King? I think there's always time for a <laughs> Burger King tangent. So I went through the drive-thru, and uh, they asked for my ID when I swiped the card. What? <laughs> that's super uncommon in a fast food place right yeah It it's either just like the most unsafe area possible and they're just like <laughs> we're having a lot of credit card fees at burger king so we like need to really make sure we're checking those ids i, I don't know why and uh <laughs> and then i was like and then you know you know how sometimes they're like a coke right you're like, yeah oh, no i i'd like i'd like this kind of thing she i then said i was like i would like sprite and she's like Coke, right? <laughs> Again. And I'm like, "No, nah, Sprite's cool." And then when I got the soda, she gave me a Coke, man. All I, right. I, I think All it right. might have been like a Burger King where it was like their intention to troll me.
0: Okay, here's what I think. They asked for your ID and refused to give you the drink you want and gave you Coke instead. <laughs> Did you get home and feel real fucking drunk? <laughs> Did they hand you the Coke and a wink and smile? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah, no cokes for under twenty
1: five year old night. That's that's or no sprite for over twenty five. That was the issue.
0: Oh, that's got to be it. No, I mean, what did that's you good. order? Like a f- number four and accidentally mispronounce it as like a four d ounce. Is that what <laughs> I'm confused. Yep, that's exactly what happened. So uh, going uh, back, what yeah, was your favorite one? Uh, probably. That was a good one. I think the other one that I really enjoyed was there's like, I I don't actually even know what the prompt was for this, but there's a kid on a carousel that basically wants to be spun. Oh, yeah. And the way that you resolve that one is you drop like a spool of this thread down and you attach that to, I think it's probably the engine or the wheel or something of a truck that needs to be fixed. (laughs) And then when you turn the truck on, the carousel... uh, spins crazy fast and the kid goes flying off into the distance (laughs) yeah that's a good one that one gave me a chuckle uh, especially (laughs) because at that point the game's pretty dark yeah Uh, like both in lighting and in tone at that point so it's good to get a little bit of a chuckle in there
1: yeah there's another the the same one about the car while we're on it is Mm -hmm. uh is it's like a it's a very stereotypical like guy who would own a truck so he's like really like uh, He has just, like, a really thick accent. And then uh, the the speaker just goes, when you've got the truck fixed, tell him to give her a rip or, like, give her a go. And uh, so she fixes it. And then she's like, you can start it now. And then it doesn't respond. And there's just, like, a pause. And then she's like, okay, let her go. We give it a rip. And, like, just her very, like, stale... AI voice just like really struggling to say, give her a go or <laughs> give her a rip or whatever. <laughs> That's a good uh,
0: moment. It's good. The game's this? got a lot of humor peppered in yeah it, Yeah. Going forward, uh after that you do that series of eight challenges. Um a lot happens in the middle of that, mm-hmm. but it's all kind of more or less, I, I don't think there was anything like super important that happened in that you were just going through to get the challenges done.
1: Yeah, there's just it's just exclamations for why the obstacles are there. There's like a lot of like there's a lot of like slugs and shit like that, and they kind of yeah. touch on that. There's a lot of like weird cross between nature and technology as your threats, and you just kind of find supporting evidence along the way that it was their fault who was ever that was there before.
0: Yeah, which is cool, but. From there, you, you go to do the, the eighth and final test, which you can't do until you've completed the seven prior ones, and basically the test boils down to, you're at a party and this drunk dude is yelling things at you that's really mean against robots, and <laughs> you have to not say anything or say things that are like, oh yes, I deserve that, sir. Um, but you can't because you're, one of your like three main protocols that you run by is that you can't misinterpret reality and the dude says that he could take you and you basically tell him that you would break him in half in not so many (laughs) words Um, and you can't get through that because you can't lie so when you go back to try and figure out that puzzle you run into the caretaker again who basically tells you that you should go down to the lab and find the mainframe of the administrator uh, and you can override it and basically let you pass that test uh, which is kind of interesting and at that point was a little like, all right, why what's I'm why not sure? Why are you helping how- me? <laughs> yeah. It didn't feel good, so Yeah. to speak.
1: Yeah, well, we are later to be review Oh, wait, is it, is it my turn to read? Yeah, no, you're good. Go, go, go. You didn't go, go. you didn't popcorn me, Ben. Sorry,
0: popcorn Duncan. Thank God, dude. Without a popcorn, so- Look, I can't read. I <laughs> I have the same problem. I went <laughs> down to read the other day without making popcorn beforehand. <laughs> I got four words in.
1: Yeah. I'm at like a, I'm at like a business office meeting, and and they're like, "What do you think, Duncan?" And I'm like,
0: "Popcorn, Duncan, please." <laughs> is that a true story? Were you really at a business office meeting ever in your life? <laughs> no, uh, exactly. <laughs> anyway,
1: popcorn, Duncan. Um. So while you're searching for the mainframe, and did we mention that this is the mainframe for the administrator?
0: I probably did, but if not, okay. it's the mainframe for the administrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
1: along the way to the mainframe, she she basically just goes through a lot of uh, hazards, same kind of nature and technology, kind of just, like, being against her and stuff like that, and uh, she reaches the mainframe of the caretaker, or, or for the administrator, and the caretaker appears once more, so, like, right when she's just about to shut down the administrator to basically, you know be able to override that that system the caretaker jumps her and pretty much takes her life support away Mm -hmm. for for joseph's and she loses her mind because this whole two hours that she's spent well in my experience two hours that she's spent (laughs) trying to trying to get joseph's to the medical bay she's about to lose him so there's a chase scene where you chase the caretaker up to this um this area where it's it, it's the repair or repair bay where uh you're gonna fix that life support area but he's there and um you kind of end up having this fight with
0: him this shitty shitty boss fight.
1: oh we'll get to that <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the deeper mechanics later um and you win you kill him he's yep. dead
0: he's dead i think it's important to jump back real quick because i don't know if we mentioned it. When you when the, the caretaker rips your life support out, you, you know, like Duncan said, you freak out, you start screaming, and the administrator steps in, and you plead with him, and he agrees to help you by, like, overriding some protocols. And as soon as he does that, the caretaker has proof that the administrator is faulty, and like, oh. factory resets him back, too. So, like, he loses his personality, he right. loses everything but the stock phrases that he was allowed to say to begin with. Yeah. Which was yeah. kind of a heart wrenching moment.
1: That was that was a really hard moment. Yeah, that I I thought that happened afterwards, so I would have fucked that up. So thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got yeah. you, fam. Don't even worry. <laughs> yeah, the administrator gets shut down. That was real sad when and it was. It, it was a real heart wrenching moment because it was like, it was totally like he's like, no, I, I, did he say like no? I don't
0: remember. Yeah, he he pleads with the caretaker to not. basically kill him but and then it just
1: jumps back to the very generic hi (laughs) i'm sorry we can't do that for you right now and (laughs) anyways (laughs) so Arid, you know defeating the caretaker heads back down to the mainframe and um she is able to then override it she's able to lie to the um to the drunken man and heading backwards to um which which i it, it's kind of funny like when you have that conversation you have to say like the same thing six times it's like no i you could beat me i'm not gonna have conflict with you i'm not gonna have conflict with you i'm not gonna so yep i deserve
0: <laughs> this you're right i'm a bad robot yeah it's, real life
1: experiences man that hit that hit too hard with basically you just service. start
0: working retail for a couple of minutes so <laughs> <Yeah>. it's great <laughs> You think they should have that test for
1: retail jobs? Like, put you in that I,
0: simulation. It would probably fucking help, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know what you're getting into. I know I wouldn't have a job if they did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
1: she finally reaches the medical bay through uh, the. They're basically tearing everyone apart along the way.
0: How you and, do? Hmm? How you do? You know, when you're going to medical bay. Whenever I go to the hospital, I make it a point to fuck up as many people as I can because I'm like, if I'm going to this hospital, they're going to take care of me. I want to bring them some business. Yeah. So I like, you know, you walk over there, <laughs> cut a dude as you pass him, punch a lady in the face. You know, you do what you got to do. Also give them a car ride
1: because you want to show that you're giving them business. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how you get the best doctor in the house. <laughs> and free health care. Obama, you got it wrong.
0: Because you're going to prison afterwards.
1: Yep. Yep. So, uh, head to the medical bay, and uh, you, you just get, like, a general diagnostic scan. And it's, it's the administrator, by the way, who's doing the scan. So, old administrator. Or new administrator, new I should
0: admi- say. New old administrator. <laughs> new old administrator.
1: <laughs> and um, it claims that there is no life form that it can detect. So, Arid's next assumption is, well, you're just wrong. There has to be one in here. Scans it again nope no life form can't detect it must be dead that she concludes um and then she tears her uh, helmet off and it is revealed that there is no human inside of her all along Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big twist uh, that is. is a good twist to be it's fair. a very good i it got me pretty well. It was a gotcha moment. It was a good uh, gotcha moment. The administrator now is like, oh, you're just a useless piece of shit robot. <laughs> well, time to send the security droids to literally take you apart and repurpose you somewhere else. And um, they take her arm, they take her head, they take a bunch of stuff. And
0: They don't take her head. Oh, don't they rem- don't. Oh, the don't head is left. It. Yeah, yeah. The, head,
1: the head is left. And um, and then it is revealed that... uh she all of her rules are broken because there's like three we should have probably mentioned this earlier but she has yeah, three main operating parameters she must not misinterpret uh misrepresent reality which was the one that she broke first with lying to the lying to the um the drunken man she must mm-hmm. be obedient and she must protect active protocol it is also this is like the second big like ooh, cool twist reveal is that both of these rules are broken Mm-hmm. And she's the no, she she no longer has to abide by them, and then the game ends because it's a three-parter. Yay. So, uh, several podcasts down the line, we'll be doing another episode with continue the story. But for now, that's the story. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of cool to note she does break those three operating parameters at the end, and you finally realize it. But there's a couple of moments throughout the game prior to that where she'll say something about like, oh. She did something that intentionally put Joseph's in danger, which breaks protocol number three, that you know, you have to protect the active pilot. Yeah. And then she'll say something to the effect of, like, when I get back, I should be, you know, deprogrammed or reset or something like that. And then there will be, like, kind of a glitch in the visor type thing on the screen. And then she'll backtrack and say, no, what I did was in order to protect him, so it was actually totally in line. Delete that last log. Yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> Those, you know, they don't necessarily stick out until you realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a pretty cool moment when, yep. when that happens. I guess I should, full disclosure for the rest of this discussion, because we're going to get into the juicy question bits after this. I actually knew very little about this game coming into it, except for that twist ending. So, mm. it's going to hopefully be interesting, because I will have been looking at it at a different light than Duncan for the entire game. Yeah. So we'll Probably. see if that works out pretty well, but yeah.
1: So first off, uh, we want to discuss the mechanics of the game because those are really important. We haven't really discussed how those games played at all, just kind of just the basic what happens in the story. So it's an adventure game, I'd say, primarily. There's some action yeah. scenes in it. There's some gun gun shooting. Um, it reminds me a lot of, like, um, uh, Oddworld in a couple ways. Um, also reminds just like a lot of the older like more cinematicy adventure games where you like still shot stuff but it was felt more like real timey, uh, yeah, event kind of stuff. I but think then, it's
0: important to note the shooting's not very good. No,
1: it's there's not, not, like not a whole lot of it.
0: Bad, but it's not very good. It's not very good.
1: That's okay. We'll just start with that. I think uh, you're yeah. given a gun pretty early in the game and. There's, like, there's these general just robots that have a very, like, easy pattern. They duck under a thing, they come out from under the thing, shoot three times, duck back under. That's pretty much every every
0: robot. There's, like, a period there for, like, four full seconds (laughs) where they stay aiming and not ducking again yeah and that's the part what I don't really get so much, but yeah, that's whatever. that's
1: your opportunity to just shoot them in the face. Yeah. Which also it's
0: pretty easy, interestingly enough, with the combat, I found this out toward the end of the game. If you are ducking behind cover and one of the robots is walking toward you shooting, you effectively do not have cover. It, mm-hmm. every single shot hits you, huh, That's weird. And it's real fucking stupid.
1: They also offer you like a stealth option. I never use that. I just I never felt worth it. It's like a takedown thing. It just, it just wasn't worth it for me. I'm like, I'm just gonna shoot him in the face. There's no, there was no like reason to take them down like that because they were so easily took down. Which I don't, I don't really think it needed it. But I think that they were just kind of there to give her a reason to be a combat suit. Yeah. It-
0: <laughs> That's pretty important that you recognize she's a combat suit. So I guess that makes sense. But also, like you said, it it sort of felt like an afterthought, which admittedly the devs did address and were like, hey, we're going to make it better. We know it wasn't great. Yeah. So power to them for that. But yeah, it's not great.
1: There's also this um, you eventually obtain like a stealth um, power where you can just camouflage with the entire environment. Um, And that was just like cover. You could just use that at all times, and that yep. felt really weak. So instead of like being like, oh, sweet, there's a barrel, I can duck under it for cover, I'm just going to press a button and just automatically be invisible to everybody.
0: <laughs> Which, that felt yeah. pretty lame. Yeah, again, I think the combat was not this game strong, too. Yeah.
1: So let's move on to something that was a little bit more strong. I liked the puzzles in the game. There's a lot of, like, um, they, they felt so... Adventure games, I feel like, fall under a lot of the category of use this thing on this thing, use this thing on this thing, use this thing on this thing, which every every adventure game is going to fall under that problem just because that's just the nature of those kind of games. But what I have issue with is when they make it difficult to use this thing on that thing. What Does do that mean? make sense? Okay. So, like, when I'm playing, like, a Sierra adventure game, it, o- it always kind of felt like the menu to get to like the item that it's like oh do i use the wrench on this do i use the wrench on this just felt like really like the interface
0: for it wasn't that great all right so it's just cumbersome to try everything on exactly
1: it's cumbersome for it to try everything on everything yeah um this game uses like a point uh basis where if you point at something with your flashlight you're looking at it and uh, you can then navigate a menu in while like while you're walking, so it's like a real time menu of what items you might have in your hand, if you want to try and network with the machine, or if you just want to like go touch it or grab
0: it. I will say they did that pretty well. It was very smooth. I never felt like I was fighting the interface or the mechanics, anything mm-hmm. like that. I contrary to that though, I actually did not like the puzzles. Oh, okay. I thought it was smooth, but I Adventure game puzzles suck. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I think they're bad puzzles. I, I like puzzle games. You didn't mention Portal Two, that's a puzzle game. Yeah. I love games like The Witness. They're they're cool. They make you think. These ones I don't I don't know. They didn't, I never felt like I was oh yeah, I'm so smart. It just felt like, oh yeah, I hit the right item. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's not fun.
1: Yeah, I think some of them were still fun. Like, I, I, I get what you're where you're coming from, because I felt like that on some of them. I also used a guide on some of them.
0: Yeah, okay, which ones did you use a guide on? Because I used a guide on two of them, and I felt real bad about it. Um, I don't remember very well. Oh,
1: oh, one of them was, there's like a fish that's hopping back and forth, and it was so hard to, like, figure out what I was supposed to do with this fish, but you're supposed to, like, get some, like, sweet, neck like some kind of like sweet soda or
0: something i think it's actually coffee but oh yeah. it's
1: coffee Ah, i don't remember what it was i cheated on that <laughs> one though i i don't remember the specifics of it
0: yeah i i also cheated on that one and it wasn't because it was difficult because like they gave you everything you needed to know mm-hmm. at least in my experience it's like oh this fish is attracted to these bugs these bugs are attracted to this liquid figure it out the problem yeah. is also like an item appears on the ground after like a small little tiny cutscene and I just didn't see it because I had it. already checked that the rooms. It. Yeah. So it's like fuck you I didn't <laughs> This is this is bullshit. Yeah. I don't I don't like the part where I was just supposed to walk around flailing my flashlight and hoping that I found the new item.
1: Yeah. That that okay so I think I should reclarify myself because when I when when I say I like the puzzles it was like really broad and I don't like every part of the puzzle. I think that the strongest part of the puzzles are the cinematic portion of it. So it's like, so there's a scene, right? Where there's, this, we we mentioned giant slugs earlier. So there's this giant slug blocking the way and it's like the mama slug, like big, um, the, the queen bee, I guess you could say. And mm. somewhere there's like a logs recording about the, the slugs. And they talk about the two, um, Uh, phases they go through and basically you the first thing you do is you trigger her into a certain phase where she's like okay i need food so she requests that all of her her babies go get her this you know what she needs um then you pick up these two dangerous chemicals you put the chemicals in the water for one of them and the the little slug babies start collecting the like infested waters for her and then the other one, you, like, infest the mushrooms with a chemical. And then by combining these two chemicals in the mama slug's body, you explode her. And it's, yeah. like, this huge chemical reaction. That's cool. Like, it's cool that you, that you get to watch that happen and that you created it and you kind of, like, thought of that. But the mechanics to reach that point, meh. They're okay. Yeah.
0: I, I can agree the wrapping around the puzzles was really cool. Yeah. I just thought the puzzles themselves were not great. Like it, I had I got so frustrated. I was really enjoying the game up to this point where I could not figure out the last of the domestic puzzles on the first floor, which was for me, uh, get this baby quiet when it starts oh, crying. Yeah, that one was and pretty you, bad. Yeah, you have to like go upstairs and Oh, then, that's the other one I cheated on. Yeah, it was you have to like go upstairs and then poison a mushroom so the mushroom becomes angry and then it weakens a vent and you can make the vent drop and then you have to do a different puzzle and lose that one so the vent sucks up the baby and all of that would be fine, but it just it's so convoluted. It's not clear? Yeah. And after the first step, it's fine, mm-hmm. but that first step is so difficult to figure out. At least for me, it was. And yeah. I'm sitting there like I'm. The hint on that one is like, how would a combat droid get someone to be quiet? So I'm shooting so the baby he, yeah. in the head as much as yeah, I can. That's
1: the exact first thing I did. The hint for that one was so bad. <laughs> how would an armored suit shut up a baby? I'm like, pulls out gun immediately. Like <laughs> Yeah, it seems so obvious. Yeah.
0: And I, you get like a pipe, and I'm like, oh, I definitely beat think... the baby with a pipe. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely think that would have been like
1: a good one. That's like, here, let's just give you one that because it's funny. You know what I mean? Like that would have been a good yeah. choice on the developers, and just be like, "Here's just the freebie one, just because it's funny." Like, just pulls out a gun and just blasts this cardboard <laughs> baby out into the sky.
0: Oh, exactly. And you know, I think there were prerequisites in the game that made sense because, like, you have to do it without touching the baby for some reason. And I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was.
1: But the game, it, it, you...
0: it took me out of the experience briefly yeah. because I was just frustrated, and all the other puzzles prior to that were so easy.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess that, that kind of speaks something about the level design of this game where I think generally it's pretty straightforward of like where where to go next, where to go. It's not as like open worldy, but there's sometimes where and maybe this is just how I view games where I'm like, I'm in this house, right? So I'm in this mm-hmm. house where these three tests are taking place. Yeah. While I'm in this house, I want to get all of them done while I'm in the house. I feel yeah. like I can't explore the other areas. Until I figure it out in this place, which they want you to go out and explore, but like, and to, so you can solve those other puzzles. But I, I kind of have an issue with that. Where like, it's maybe it's more of a personal thing.
0: Did you ever feel like that? I, I. I definitely think it is a personal thing, 100%. That being said, I felt that way too. (laughs) I think you you sort of get over it as the game progresses and realize, well, I guess I just have to look in a larger area. Yeah. But that also kind of hurt it for me a little bit because then you were just backtracking, looking for anything you missed in this not-that-large area for so long to try and solve some of these puzzles that it Mm -hmm. just, you know the style and the story of the game could only carry my interest so far when eventually I was like, this this sucks, I'm going to look it up. And I hate doing that for games so much, but... Yeah, I've come to like terms it, a little bit with it. Especially yeah, yeah. with
1: this game, I'm like, I'm okay with looking this up because I'm mainly interested in the story, which transitions into, let's talk about the story. <laughs> Whoa! Because I'm sick of bashing on this game because I feel it's, bad now. I'm sorry I, over the moon games. You did it, you made a great story, but I... <sighs>
0: You, you know, it's, we, we can't be afraid of being critical, Duncan. We have to dive in and address a game's issues along with its winnings, and I think this game mechanically was kind of weak. But what if Over the Moon gets my address? If they get your address... And they come fight me. I mean, you'll lose. There's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a couple of them, and you didn't strike me as the fighting type all too terribly much, so... Ooh. Ouch. Look, I, I'm no, not
1: the fighting type for, for listeners at home.
0: Um, neither one of us are to be fair to eh. be fair we're not the fighting type who would win in a fight me or you oh it's me (laughs) i don't want to be a dick but it's me it's you (laughs) okay Uh, it's it's totally (laughs) i probably have like 50 pounds on you so i
1: would i would really enjoy if we talked for like 20 minutes about who would win in a fight (laughs) i think
0: (laughs) After the Burger King one, I'm like, maybe we should focus a little more on the game. (laughs) All right. Um,
1: Uh, So I just got a couple questions here that we can go back and forth on. Um, Did you think Arid was more interesting or entertaining even when she was following protocols or when she starts to break them? Uh, Expanding on that question a little bit. um, In the beginning, she's very uh, one-minded about things and... She, she works a lot hard more like a computer program, because she is, um, of how she thinks of things and how she responds to things. And I think it led to a lot of comedic and interesting scenes, especially when uh, she, she meets another combat suit who gives a little exposition as to um, what the combat suits are and how she treats people, where the combat suit is hung up on, like, a cross and... Um, she's like where's your human is your human alive and he's like no nah, my human's dead and she's like well then you're useless and he's mm-hmm. like you're right i am useless take me out and take my power core out and that means death for the for the other power suit cuz the power core is like their main uh their main source of living so it it was this very casual um back and forth just about like you're right i'm useless kill me and there was yeah. no Personality to it at all, and I think yeah. that like made an interesting conversation where I'm like, "Oh, this is cool! Like, I really like watching this world of AIs interact with each other." But then later, you start to see, um like, as, with the administrator, and then with her beginning to break these operations and stuff like that, she becomes more of a human. What? What did yeah. you? Did you have an opinion on that, or was that just kind of like?
0: Eh. I think, uh, you're. You're pretty much right in that I think it was more interesting to watch when she was more of an AI than when she was a little bit more human. Yeah. Because that, that interaction where, like like you said, it's just very frank, it was really interesting, especially when she meets the, the uh, administrator for the first time and he's... Basically, he's like the representation of the player trying to talk to an AI. He'll say things that are kind of jokey, and he'll say things that we understand, and then she misinterprets them or Mm -hmm. just responds in a very bland way. And that was really interesting to watch. And then as she became more human, I actually found her more entertaining. So I think it was kind of—it transitioned from really interesting to pretty entertaining, and then like a hard right turn to interesting at the very end of the game. But Yeah. I think that sort of change over time was pretty cool. Also, I literally just thought of this, so I want to say it before I forget. Mm-hmm. Is this game a religious allegory? Because <laughs> everyone's hanging up on crosses, right? Yeah. And you're like, you're this AI that doesn't really understand everything, and you meet uh, this this caretaker fellow who basically is trying to deceive you and kill you, and then you run into this uh, this administrator fellow who kind of knows everything, he's like this quote unquote godly voice who really seems to care for you and love you and at the end he is killed sacrificing himself (laughs) so that you can live and then you are able to triumph over the evil and be set free i think this game's the fucking bible wow
1: dude i think you just cracked the code i think we can i think we can end the podcast now roll the credits boy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i uh, that adds I feel really dumb if that's what happened, and I didn't realize it until you mentioned Crosses.
1: Well, if you're dumb then for thinking that you didn't realize that, then I must be like 12 IQ because I did, didn't even come close to picking that up. I'm like, yeah, they're just crazy, and they just want to display <laughs> their entire body. That's why they put it on Crosses.
0: Yep, that's <laughs> how I felt when I was playing through the game, but fuck, if you're listening to Over the Moon games, fucking good on you. Yeah, well played. And if you didn't mean to do that, you stumbled into something beautiful. Yeah. Never tell anyone. Never. So never. no, and unless you want to tell us, we'll we'll keep a secret. I can keep I a mean, secret. Can you I keep a secret? Out? No, I'm really bad at secrets. Huh? Don't tell me shit.
1: i can keep a secret.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a mic that I could get really close to you like that. Um, moving on, uh, just sort of bouncing right past my beautiful religious revelation mm-hmm. uh, sort of a come to christ moment that i just had
1: well i mean not your personal <laughs> religious revelation
0: no <laughs> no this is it for me i'm going to church on sunday are you uh so the ai in this game they uh i think this is a pretty interesting thing going along with how you said she becomes more entertaining or, or i said she becomes more entertaining you were talking about that Mm-hmm. I found it really interesting the different voices that all of the AI got, yeah. because you had the caretaker who, he was very monotone while saying crazy things, mm-hmm. which made him seem much crazier. Yeah, And Arid was very monotone at the beginning of the game, but I don't know if you picked up on any of this. She started to add like light inflections to her voice as yeah. the game went on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was a really cool, again, like side-by-side for her evolving into something slightly more human. And then the character that you were supposed to, like, air quotes, trust just started off as being basically a human. Yeah, yeah. They really did stuff with that that I I appreciate quite a bit.
1: It shows... I think it gives, like, a, a lot of telling as to what the story of the planet you're on is going to be because it shows that over time these AIs grow to be more human. And just like the quote you pulled, like, we... The more I act like them, the more I become them, or the closer I am to them. And there's a lot of dead robot bodies on this planet.
0: S- there's so many!
1: Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's it's a little clear, but it's never revealed to you that I think that there's like a very large human-robot war where, you know, like the, the robots probably became more and more human-like, and the humans didn't like that, and they fought, and bad, bad stuff happened. So... There's a lot of dead robot bodies. So the voices of the ads were a really cool part of the game. I really liked that. I enjoyed how Arid grew as a care, like as a character. You could tell through her voice, which is always a really cool thing to do. Um, the caretaker's voice, I didn't really, I don't ever really notice anything about it. I thought it was, it wasn't one of my favorite. The caretaker is not really someone I'm too interested in. He uh, His level of, like, how much he interests me was pretty low. I was more interested in the administrator because he seemed more mysterious. Where I kind of felt like the caretaker
0: was mysterious,
1: huh. but he just kind of... yeah, yeah.
0: He never really I, interested me. I was actually... I kind of felt the other way. Because the administrator was really cool, and I liked him. He was my dog. We were close. <laughs> but... The caretaker, he does this really cool thing, which I guess I probably should have mentioned, where his skin, in air quotes again, because he's all metal, is it like has the ability to change the way it looks so that he looks like a really poor representation of a person. Yeah. And I thought it, he was... I, I was more interested in his story, and I think his story would have informed the world quite a lot, because he drops a lot of hints about how he has been doing his job and when erid questions like hey how did all these people die like why are some of these humans strung up on crosses they shouldn't be there because you know all of their directives have to do with not harming humans and the caretaker basically just says I did my job or like I'm functioning as I'm supposed to but then when he's talking to you he'll like randomly turn into the image of a person and it just kind of like fucked with my head a little bit like i didn't understand the world enough to understand why he would have gotten kind of corrupted in this way or if maybe he wasn't actually corrupt because he is the only ai as far as we can tell that didn't necessarily break his protocols depending on whether or not he actually killed the people it's not revealed one way or the other yeah yeah but.
1: I, I can see how, how that part of him is interesting but yeah, the, we know how long the administrator's been like this, but we don't know how, when the events happened, where everything's changed. But that's you, you would have to imagine that he would know, too, for how long he's been there and how much information he has access to, but he's not going to reveal that to you.
0: That's, that's true. They're kind the of one in the same way. Yeah, in a weird that's way. fair.
1: And the relationship between the administrator and the caretaker is kind of weird, too, because, like, they, like, recognize each other but they don't really talk about each other that much, so you have to kind of wonder what happened between them.
0: Well, I think it's that the caretaker realized the administrator was kind of trying to morph himself and change, but he wasn't technically breaking any any rules, so he was just constantly trying to catch him in a loophole, which he does at the end of the game, and finally, after 30 years, has reason to reset him. Yeah. Again. That's true.
1: He's just following his rules. But it's weird, because the administrator follows his rules, too, but, like knows how to work around them and so does the caretaker yeah they're very similar while having different intentions so like their their motives are different but their methods for achieving their goals are kind of the same in a weird way
0: sort of yeah the the administrator has a lot of good quotes which i didn't pull this time about Mm -hmm. like how far you can bend the rules until they break and things like that which are all very apt for his character
1: yeah it's cool i like that a lot um would you so this is this is kind of an interesting but we were talking about what's your favorite one of the eight tests but which one would you fail out of all the eight tests
0: oh god which if one you had to take them I in fail? real life fuck i i would fail i would probably not be able to get that baby to be quiet in real life either <laughs>
1: well the you read in like a computer log that um that you're supposed to sing at one of four nursery rhymes which I was trying to find once I read that, I'm like, all right, I gotta find a recorder. Like to <laughs> to find someone singing baby baby rhymes, which I
0: thought baby rhymes. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say to find someone singing baby got back. And that also <laughs> would not have been right. Um but I could, yeah, I I, I, sing I to also a baby? You could sing to a baby? I could sing to a baby. Do you know any full nursery rhymes? I don't rock it by baby. Well, that's, Do you,
1: that's easy. I guess
0: it's. Fair. I okay, my singing would not quiet a baby. I'll say that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll accept it. I'll accept so, it. So, I would definitely fail that one. And also I'd fail the one where they ask you to fix the truck because I don't know how to do that shit.
1: Yeah, that that's that's I think that's a pretty obvious like I I would also fail that one. I, I don't know. I like when when Erin looks at the truck, she's like, "What a what a like primitive piece of machinery. I will fix it with great haste." And I'm like, "Oh shit, Erin, you're fucking you're cocky." Which I thought would result in her being like, I know nothing about cars. <laughs> but she fixed it right away.
0: Did a good old bang-up job of it, which yeah. is more than I could have done. So yeah, I, I think I would fail at least a few of them. I'd also probably fail the one where the drunk guy's yelling at me, and I have to be submissive. <laughs> no, I'd probably shut up and leave in real life, so maybe not.
1: Yeah, I'd win that one. That one would be fine. I'd win that one. <laughs> um, I think, What about you? I think I would fail... There's a there's one where you had to help an old lady across the street with cars, but they're like it's mm. all of these like, all cardboard. Uh, I'm about to reveal a big Duncan secret. Uh, oh, no, I do not like other people's hands that like that are like either babies <laughs> or old. If you're a baby and you're old, I don't like your hand. It's creepy. It's either too wrinkly or it's too small. And it and if there's some old woman being like, hold my hand as I cross the street. I'm go- it's going to cringe me out. I mean, I'll do it. Like, I could do it, but for for comedy's sake, I would probably fail that one.
0: To be fair, in the context of the fall, they don't ask you to grab her hand. They ask you to stand in front of the cars to force them to stop. Yeah, true, true. So you could stand in front of a car.
1: Yeah, but I think that, like, <laughs> I could stand, I might die, but I could well, do it. It depends on where we are. If we're in, like, New York, I'm going to die. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you'd pass the test. I, postmortem style. Yeah, post mortem. Yeah, that's true.
1: So I'd probably <laughs> fail that one. I'd also probably fail the cleaning one because that room was there's like an attic that they're like, Clean this room, but it's just it's just the worst. It's so <laughs> dirty. It's everything's terrible. The the I like the way you solved that one. You uh you put uh, like a fake what is it, like one of those shoe covers? Oh yeah, like a bag of some sort. yeah, over the scanner that determines if the room is clean or not. that was cool.
0: <laughs> That's just good thinking right there mm-hmm. no. So yeah I, I think we both would not be repurposed as domestic droids. God damn it. it's my dream, you know
1: it's my dream. You can't tell me that I'm not allowed to be a, a domestic droid.
0: I can't, but they can. <laughs> um, so kind of jumping off here a little bit in a totally different direction. <laughs> from the the fun jokey style of that what you kind of touched on this a little bit but what do you really think happened in this world because it's never explicitly stated it's only sort of i mean you get hints but i don't even know if i would go so far as to say it's implied but when you land Mm -hmm. on this world it's there's people on crosses there's piles of (laughs) robot bodies there's giant (laughs) slug mamas and their slug babies (laughs) next to mushrooms that spit gas at you like it's not a good fucking place it's like fucking detroit out there it's not good (laughs) Yeah, it's it's nasty.
1: It's it's not good. What I think happened, I mean, I I did stated a little bit earlier that I think there was there was kind of like a human human robot war, but it feels like there's more robots than humans. You know what I mean? You see like four oh, dead yeah. dead humans, but you see like eight thousand dead robots. Um, so I think the either one of two things were happening. Either the robots did a real good job and those were just like the last couple humans that they hunted down or um or there was something else going on but i think why are there so many dead robots if they were doing so well though there's a lot of questions to be raised uh, about that or even if they, you know even if it was that kind of thing if if there was a lot of humans here it's also possible that i think maybe that this was like you know a human run like like humans were you know kind of like inhabitants there that only came there for like work to like run these computers and this was just like a place where they mined stuff or um, work was done there like labor was done but typically humans didn't live there and any robots created there were shipped off to earth or wherever that's That's kind of my analysis on that
0: I think that's fair, but I didn't really get I'm curious where you got the like war vibe outside of piles of bodies., uh. there was a lot of those, but i didn't there was no like war machinery. the robots didn't like they were security droids, but they were all like not active. It didn't really feel like a war zone.
1: It didn't feel like a war zone, but you have to think that you've explored a facility and a small portion of undergroundness. Arid doesn't really travel the
0: world that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're right. You and, get a very small snapshot.
1: Yeah. And like it's clear that these droids can be repurposed to do a lot of things. Yeah. And because there's there's robots who shoot and they look exactly like the robots who help people, you know what I mean? Like I just I just think that there's no clear context for that at all. But that's yeah. that's kind of the conclusion I draw from the zone and everything like that. I think there's probably like a lot of robot racism going down. You know what I mean? Being robotist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I get that vibe a little bit. I think it it didn't feel so much like a war as much as it felt like a few of the robot AIs were kind of evolving. It, it really felt like the caretaker was just trying to take over everything. Yeah. And he maybe he was like, oh, I can do this in such a way to kill all of the humans and I can do this in such a way to repurpose these large numbers of droids and basically destroy everything that could potentially stop him and then take over cuz it felt yeah like him and the uh the administrator were definitely having some sort of a fight so I don't I don't know it, I don't think it didn't feel like a war to no, me No I guess I guess I, I might need to reword It's not
1: really a war more like mm, some some shit went down <laughs> very elegantly worded that like I think you're right where it's like the caretaker definitely did some, you know, did some workarounds to get rid of the humans on the planet. And there was probably some killings and everything like that. And I guess that's why I kind of jumped to the, Oh, this probably doesn't a planet with a lot of humans where I don't think there's like military sent here and like, they, they're probably just all the, the humans died on there, and they're like, well, fuck that planet. We're, we're just gonna leave that there.
0: Yeah. Although I, I am curious, then, why Arid ended up there as a combat, uh, combat yeah. suit, and then also you ran into another combat suit early on. that mm-hmm. Both were supposed to have pilots. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's confirmed... Episode 2. It's confirmed Ooh. that the male has a body in him, though, because it's bleeding and you have to use the blood for something.
0: Yeah, so... so. That was definitely an actual person. That wasn't another AI gone bad situation.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting as to what what is Arid's... if if Arid wasn't sent there with Josephs, why was she sent there in the first place? Um, that's yeah. that's so that's so unclear. There's like zero
0: hints for that. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. That was pretty hard. I'm very curious to see where episode two goes on. I think that's maybe where I'll leave that point because I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like we're working with enough information and they have confirmed, you know, it's a trilogy. We're going to flesh out a lot of the story. Episode mm-hmm. two comes out in like, you know, between four and six months. But it's it definitely leaves a lot open to interpretation.
1: Yeah. um, So what did you feel about protecting Joseph's? I know you knew the whole time that Joseph's wasn't a real person because you're a filthy spoiler and you spoiled yourself before you even knew this podcast was a thing and you ruined it for yourself and you ruined the whole experience um so do you think that uh joseph's uh i think that uh, you
0: you felt the need to protect him uh surprisingly enough no i didn't really feel the need to protect the person that i knew wasn't real really um yeah crazy right though i was very curious playing through this is i wondered if all the moments where you're supposed to have the sense of urgency like when your life support got ripped out uh if if you were maybe feeling like hey i gotta go i gotta catch the caretaker i gotta do this like my joseph is gonna die like did that did that feeling ever creep into you or not at all because i i was so far divorced from that that it Didn't even have an effect on me.
1: Yeah. I was too interested in the characters to really care about Joseph's. And I think there's a, there's a sense of immersion that is played into the, that's not played into this game. I mean, where I never felt like, like when I play certain adventure games or certain narrative games where I'm playing a character, usually I get into my emotions. I get into my feelings. I am that character for a while. I did not feel, like, arid. Maybe that's because you're so disconnected from an AI. Even then, though, I still get pretty, like, involved with with characters' stories and characters' feelings. But we never saw Joseph's, for obvious reasons. We never, um, (laughs) you know, heard him. It would have been cool to hear some audio logs, even though he wasn't real. Something that could have made me feel, like, a little bit more attached to him or give me a reason other than he's in you. I was more concerned for Arid's safety than I was for Joseph's safety and not because Joseph was in Arid or Arid, you know, vice versa. Uh but yeah. because I was more invested in Arid and she's a separate person to me from Joseph's. Um where I'm like, well, this Joseph's guy, we don't really know much about him. I don't know if he's an asshole and he's just when he wakes up from consciousness, he's just going to rub his eyes and be like, ah, Arid, shut up and just turns it off and that's just like the end of Aaron forever (laughs) like (laughs) I don't really know this guy so I felt a huge disconnect especially when the caretaker detached as my life support and it's kind of like that's just like storytelling in general where I'm like I know this isn't gonna be the end for Joseph's like it's clear that like I'm gonna get it back he's not gonna die in this venture like when I chase him
0: yeah all right that's interesting to hear. That's how it played out. Because I wasn't, eh. I like I said, I didn't feel any of that pressure. But I didn't eh. know if I, it was because it wasn't there or because um, I knew the twist at the end. Probably also, I fun. yeah, I feel significantly less pressure in any game that I know is going to be a series, and it is not the end of the series. Yeah. <laughs> so rarely do games have the balls to kill off major characters if it's not the end of the story.
1: Yeah. Which kind of drives an interesting question of like, do you, th- what do you, what do you think uh, if the story was she took off the helmet and Joseph's like dead head just like rolls forward and he was just dead and he wasn't not there? Do you think that would have been like a better story or do you think the, the reveal where it's like, oh my God, nobody's there is better? Because I kind of, I don't know, part of me kind of likes to like, that caretaker fucked you and Joseph's dead and this is kind of like, her revenge you know against the character kind of thing like i don't know i think there's some some ideas to be explored there in like an alternate reality story
0: yeah i think it's a it, it's an interesting idea i definitely do think the pops off her head and there's nobody underneath is a better yeah a better sort of ending just it 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 fits so thematically with what's happening in the entire story that if it was just that she was trying to protect Joseph and she was going about it via unconventional methods it would have it, it you would have felt a little bit slighted I think just like oh that's actually not as weird as I thought it was <laughs> yeah but it's a it's it's a good twist I'll, I'll leave it at that mm-hmm. I think it's good um and with that, I think we should maybe jump into our last little little bout of questions here. We've done mechanics. We've done stories. So now we're going to jump into a section that I like to call food for thought. Um, I'm not hungry. And I'm this great... will be questions – well, <laughs> fuck, then. I guess this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Roll the music. Uh, no, so this is just going to be questions that are not necessarily – related directly to the game questions that are brought up because of the game or very overall thoughts on it Um, so first question that kind of falls into that category for me is how well do you think the game depicted ai because that's that's one of my favorite things to look at in Mm -hmm. in science fiction media you can probably see that in the fact that my three favorite things were a story that literally is only about an AI, another story that is about the relationship between a man and an AI (laughs) and a video game where one of the major subplots has to deal with how people treat AI and whether or not AI is dangerous. So I think looking into that is super interesting, and I'm curious whether you thought the game depicted it well or if you thought it was like just a throwaway, cheeky thing that they tried. Yeah, um, I
1: liked it. I think that there are people who do it better because they do it differently and i don't want to say that it was bad not because i'm like oh i don't want to be critical but just because i'm like this is something new this is something interesting in a couple of ways where it's a little bit interesting and new but for the most part i think it did it well but nothing that like blew my mind away um i really enjoyed i enjoy ai with rules and stuff like that like i said I think Arid was at her most interesting peak when she, and I would have liked to spend more time with uh, this style of Arid where, um, she just followed these rule sets and she was given all these conflicts where when you as a human are playing are like, oh wow, I don't want to kill this guy and take out his power core because I'm not, I'm not an asshole and I don't need it. But Arid is like, well, I'm just going to, take it so i can bring your logs back to home base and that's all she really cares about which doesn't really seem worth it (laughs) so um i think that part of the ai was really interesting and cool i think the administrator administrator's personality of saying you know i'm breaking these rules um, to get what I want, and the more I act like them, the more I come with them. Thank you for grabbing that quote, pilots. That's like a good descriptor for that character. Yeah, um, it's real good. Um, and his general personality. I also like. We should have covered this in the voice section, but damn, it's so cool when he has like he's explaining something to you. So he's like, maybe if we do this, and then he'll break out into his computer voice because he'll he has like a very human voice normally, but then he'll break out into like. Oh, but that won't work. I'm sorry, you can't access that part of the room. I really like that. That was cute. It was nice. It's like a little, a little funny thing. For such a dark game, it had a lot of humor in it. It it really did.
0: Yeah. Every every time you turn the corner, there.
1: So I think the AI overall done well, but nothing that like blew me away. Where I was like, "Holy shit, this is like the the coolest AI story ever."
0: Yeah, I think. Your, I would largely agree with you. The difference being that I think, although it didn't necessarily blow me away, I really, really appreciated how they did the the slow transition for Arid in particular from like, hey, this is these hard and fast rules that I cannot violate mm-hmm. to. Oh, suddenly I can tweak this slightly and, you know, you can make this perfectly logical conclusion that proves that I was following my protocols while also directly disobeying them, and then how that starts to change and evolve and it really gave a a cool idea of how this AI could take steps towards, you know, breaking the protocols that was set down for it. And then overall I think the beginning section they did a really good job of depicting what AI would be like. So I I think it was it was one of the more interesting AI stories that I ran across, but only because of that, those like those few moments where you could follow the logic chain and see how things changed. I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah.
1: I think that's, that's the thing is I want to see more growth in that area. I think, I think she got to her, um, her most broken state where she was more, more most human, like too early. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I kind of wish I could have seen that transition and maybe her not wanting to go there because she knew that she would become faulty. I guess Mm -hmm. I was asking, I'm asking for a little bit more like self versus self-conflict where I felt like a lot of the conflict in the game was her versus the world. That's,
0: yeah, that's fair. Like I said, they do a really good job of that early on, but I think you're right about like maybe halfway through the game that that sort of conflict ceases to exist and maybe there's an you know maybe there's a justifier for it in that Mm -hmm. at that point she has broken all of the rules that she needs to break and is you know at some level aware that joseph is not in her suit and she is just trying to maintain this seeming like an ai thing so that she doesn't get fucking killed that's possible they if that is the case they don't do a fantastic job of showing it no um
1: so prediction more predictions do you think we're headed in the direction of this current world from the fall without artificial intelligence
0: i think we are definitely headed in a direction with (laughs) artificial intelligence i think this is so far removed that it's kind of hard to say this is this is why Her was one of my favorite movies, because it depicted so well the idea oh, of so a, a near-future reality, where so much of it is like, oh, I can see how that happens in five to ten years. Yeah. And then the AI is obviously, you know, that's the part where it's like, all right, that's that's very futuristic. So in terms of the way this game treated it, it was very... I don't want to say, like... Well, I don't want to say Asimovian, because I don't think it's a word, but if it <laughs> well, is a, it, word,
1: it's, it's a word... it's a word. That's a word for us. Yeah,
0: so it, it, it treated it in a very Asimovian way. Like, hey, these are your, your, your rules that you have to follow, and they were laid out very cleanly, and you could see them from the main menu and things like that. Yeah. And it was really cool, but I think we have enough science fiction like that, and just the way programming works, I don't know that we would ever have AIs that function in this capacity... So yeah. I I actually don't I also don't think we're headed toward giant you crash land on a planet with enormous <laughs> slugs and like, you know that was all hard science fiction but the AI I think was really cool yeah. I think when we eventually hit that point sometime long after we're both dead yeah. it'll look different than it did in this game though
1: yeah definitely I I I I agree with you on that I do think maybe I think by the like very tail end of our lifetimes we might see like real life like service robots like going to the grocery store for us or like maybe not going to the grocery store but like cleaning up for us or doing something like that i think that might that be a thing and they might that i wouldn't be surprised and that might you know trigger some some caretaker shit where he's trying to repurpose <laughs> other robots you never know man you never know
0: if anything i mean it's always a possibility if
1: anything i'm gonna read some shitty buzzfeed article in the future where they describe how like your caretaker robot might not be what you think. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I can tell anything from trends, BuzzFeed will be the only articles you can read 20 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real dark dystopian. For <laughs> <editors>. <laughs> BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, wrapping up here, um, I think closing thoughts. Did you did you like The Fall? We did this with Papers, Please. I kind of liked the section. Did you mm-hmm. think it was a fun game? Did you enjoy the game? Do you think it was a good game?
1: Not really. I, I didn't have fun with it, but I liked it. It's the same way that you felt about Papers, Please. I'm like, <laughs> all these things are really cool. I like all the AI ideas. I like some of the voice lines, but did I like it? Like, Did I have fun with it? Will it stick with me? Not really. I'm I'm definitely going to play the sequel cuz I want to know what happens. See, that's that's where they get me and that's what's important I guess for them is like they got me. Like I'm definitely invested in their story. <laughs> but as it stands, I didn't really like it that much where where like I wasn't enjoying playing it. I looked up a guide for like three or four of the puzzles. And I just felt myself generally, like, feeling like it was more like, I got to get this done so I know what happens and so I can talk about it. Unless, like, I'm playing this for fun and I would have been playing this if I didn't have this to do, you know, if I didn't want to evaluate this
0: game. Uh, so, I, it was okay. And do you do you think... That it's something that could be easily fixed oh, with yeah. the sequel. Do you think if like the combat mechanic was slightly better, you would be really enjoying the game? <laughs> slightly. Or if the puzzles were slightly less frustrating, you'd be enjoying the game. Yeah.
1: I think I think a couple of things need to happen to make the game better. And we're speaking I'm speaking directly to you and as the most amateur game critic ever over the moon. Um <laughs> uh I think that the combat obviously needs to be reworked in a lot of ways. I don't know how. You guys could figure out that's
0: your job. <laughs> just like a real game that's your job i don't know how to do it (laughs) it was bad zero stars make it better figure it out guys
1: (laughs) what the heck i can't figure this out anyways so um i think the combat needs to be reworked i think the puzzles you you got the you got the parts of the puzzles that make me feel cool i don't feel like i put I combined two items in my backpack and now it's something that like I can use later where I like, I feel like every action had a cool reaction to it where like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on when you solve the puzzles. It made me feel good solving them, but make the puzzles mechanics like more fun and like easily to be readable. I also think the game was too dark for it to be a puzzle game. Atmospheric. It was sort of dark. Atmospheric hit hit me right on the head very good job on that but like for make the make the items a little bit more shiny i also have one like that criticism back to the mechanics okay so you have to point your flashlight at everything you want to interact with right yeah there's a glowing button in front of my face and i just want to press a button to just go down (laughs) <laughs> I know the button's there. I don't have to shine a flashlight on it. Like it's a glowing <laughs> button, man. Like just press it. So I have to shine my light on it and hit interact, which takes about a millisecond, but I don't
0: like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real problem. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's oh, my God. criticisms.
1: I it was a good game. I just I just think I, maybe it's a budget thing. Maybe it was, you know, is just there this was just like one of their first games but i think it's got a lot of promise that's the most important part
0: all right uh kind of bouncing off that i i really enjoyed certain parts of the game like when when the game first started i was on board with everything they were doing i think i enjoyed the first like 45 minutes quite a bit or so that entire first section i kind of liked the mechanics were simple but interesting first they, section i you what
1: define first section like what was the first section for you
0: up until you fuck the caretaker up with the crane and then go toward the repurposing facility oh, okay. okay so the ui i think is maybe worth talking about i loved it i fucking Good. loved yeah, it yeah me too that old like dos style everything's white on black screen with just very plain code that was really really well done um, and that drew me in, and the story was interesting, it was very atmospheric. I actually didn't even mind the mechanics early on. Mm-hmm. I, The art style, I really liked. The character model, I thought was kind of... it turned really poorly. I don't know what it was about it, but it would, like, you didn't get a smooth turning animation, nah. you just got, like, a hard flip, yeah. which I didn't like. But the game progressed and then those things started to become more important and the combat started playing a bigger role. I liked the combat at first and by the end of it, I just didn't want combat sections anymore. And the puzzles became, I'm so hesitant to talk about them at length because so much of it is tainted by being frustrated with those two puzzles. But I think that maybe does speak to it. And I think the issue is maybe not necessarily to make them easier, but the puzzles felt like something that it didn't, jive with the rest of the game. I didn't feel like an AI figuring out these puzzles. I just felt like there were adventure game puzzles and I was an AI. Which, to their credit, I think is something they said that they will address in the second Mm -hmm. game. Uh, I read a short little blurb from the developers about it. But overall, when you take all that, uh, did I like it as a video game? Not that much. Uh, Did I think it was a really cool story? Totally. Do I think if episode two and three can... Improve on, like you said, the promise that is already there. I'll recommend it to all my friends. Totally, because it's it wasn't, it wasn't a bad game. It's just not something that I would have spent my time with for that long if the story didn't draw me in in any way, and also if we weren't doing a podcast on it, which kind of locks you in from square one.
1: Yeah, if if I wasn't doing a podcast on this, I. Don't think I would play it. I I probably wouldn't beat it. What really drew me in? See, I the beginning didn't draw me in at all. I didn't oh, have really? much interest for it. the The only part of the beginning that drew me in is when you first saw the that other suit. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. Yeah. I didn't really care about the crane with the caretaker. And um, what really drew me in were the eight tests. I re- I liked those. Like it it drew me in in a sense of like I was interested what they were gonna put me through. And as I did them, I didn't feel strongly about it. Like, when I first entered the zone, I'm like, ooh, this is cool. Like, I'm going to get to learn a lot about the society of this world. But then I realized it wasn't that much different from our world.
0: Yeah, they don't... They really didn't flesh that out to the level that I would have liked them to flesh it out. I think
1: it could have used a a little bit more mystery in the sense of, like, it felt too, like, oh, this is just... mm, the world that they wanted to describe to you is just like an Earth.
0: You know what I mean? For them. hey, maybe it turns out that it is Earth. They don't give us the name yeah, of the planet. True. Fucking did we just figure it out? We fixed it. We, we figured, figured it out. It out. <laughs> We're so good at this prediction so thing. Good. The next, uh, the next
1: chapter is gonna come out, and it's gonna be like the exact opposite of everything we said.
0: <laughs> almost hundred percent guaranteed. We're really dumb, so that's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> Arid's gonna, Aaron's gonna like slapstick like hit her like uh slap her own head and be like oh i forgot i left joseph's in the ship wah, wah, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. and she just walks back and she's like there you are and he's like yeah i've been here the whole time and then they just Cue reunite track. and then they fly off into space and uh the rest is just adventures it's all light-hearted yeah. stuff very
0: good Ep- episode three is just an episode of the three stooges <laughs> like perfectly cut like not even introduced new characters it's like oh yeah no for episode three this is the three We're uh, like wow i didn't see that one coming what does it mean what is, it- is this also a religious <laughs> allegory <laughs> oh god Those- so that is gonna close our discussion on the fall this week unless you had anything else horribly important that you wanted to talk about duncan it's too late
1: i had like a huge talking point that would have just giving us one of the best discussions about video games ever. But you cut me off, man. So not any longer. Well,
0: thank God we don't want our podcast to be too good. <laughs> so um, once again, going over a few of the major points here. The game we played this week was called The Fall, developed by Over the Moon Games. It was released on May 30th for the PC and it's also out for the Wii U, PS4, and Xbox One. And on top of that, the game is $15. Um, and now for the exciting part yeah. next week, we are going to play
1: Dropsy. Woo! Oh, Dropsy is another adventure game. So Alex is going to have a grand old time.
0: I love adventure games. <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> this
1: is a game. Uh, I'll pull the curtain back here. This is a game picked by me personally, where I really wanted to play this game. Um, I think The Fall is something Alex really wanted to play. So it'll be interesting yeah. to watch our opinions both on this. Because I was pretty meh about this game, even though I ended up liking it a bit. And uh, I think it's going to be vice versa. But we'll see. Uh, yep. Dropsy is a point and click adventure game developed by uh, US based indie developer Tendershot. Tendershoot. shoot. Tender shoot. A Jolly Corpse. <laughs> also. And um, basically, it's a game about a clown who, uh, in a freak clown accident, or circus accident, he accidentally kills his own mom. And everyone looks at him in this town that he's, like, a freak. But it's not his fault, because he's kind of weird. So he has to make amends with everybody in the town and get hugs. And then there's some stuff that happens in the middle. It's very different. Uh, The art style, I think, is amazing. And I think you should watch the trailer uh, just to... Get get a get a little excited for it because I think it's a I
0: think it's quite a special game. De- definitely watch the trailer, and if that is not enough to sway you to uh, check it out, then this this line from the wiki article that I'm looking at right now intrigues me. The game contains no text, as Dropsy can only communicate with animals, and so dialogue is represented by visual icons. Mm-hmm. And the game features over fifty minutes of live music composed and performed by Chris Schlarb. <sighs> The music Which is I did so not good. Know.
1: I've played about an hour of this game, just so you know.
0: One of these days, we're going to play a game that neither one of us knows anything about. We did. Playing. It was called Free. That's true, but... <laughs> we, that don't that we, don't. <laughs> we don't Shit. talk about that episode and nobody to it. We don't talk about free.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't talk about that game. So uh, tune in with All us right. next two weeks. The, would Be the 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 would, would, be, the, would be the the, the sixth, twenty the sixth, the sixth the sixth of October for our next episode on
0: Dropsy. All right, and with that, then we will uh, we will see you guys later and peace out. I don't I don't know it was how nice to end the podcast with you guys. I don't fuck Dropsy next two weeks, guys. We'll see you then. See you next. I don't know if this is a good ending. I think this is worse than our previous endings.